Well, hello and welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted and Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. First off, I want to apologize to everybody yesterday. I had some very significant technical difficulties on my end yesterday. And so Ted ended up running pretty much the whole show, which he did a great job at. Uh, but that was not the plan. <laughs> I had some issues that I could not get through yesterday. And so I have got a whole new platform, a whole new headset. Everything now is tied in completely different. And so I hope you guys enjoy it. I hope I have better sound now. And I hope you guys basically uh, give me any feedback. If you like it, if you don't like it, let me know. If you don't like it, well, then that's just uh, the way it's going to have to be because <laughs> this is the new way I'm running it now. But I should have a lot better connection, a lot better sound quality. So thank you for working through with us on that yesterday. And Dad had a lot of different articles that he went through, some of which that I was going to go in as well. So he already did a great job on some of those topics. But there were a few things that I wanted to bring up, firsthand being I've gotten numerous emails from people over the weekend. This is something I kind of wanted to touch base on yesterday of people asking us if we are going to delete our Instagram due to the new alleged privacy concerns and terms and conditions that they currently are setting forth. Uh, I can clarify that real quick and tell you, no, we are not deleting our ST Brower Instagram under any circumstances. We still are getting a plethora of information out and receiving a significant information in from our customers, listeners, and getting information out. The entire December 20th IG privacy terms and conditions thing is not anything new. Let me clarify this. Instagram, Facebook, all these companies spy on everything you do on a regular basis. This is why I've told you repeatedly, keep a piece of tape over your front camera. Make sure you have your permissions turned off on those apps if you're not using them. Also make sure if you are going to have a private conversation, how about you just don't have your phone with you if you're at somebody's home or your home and leave your phone in the other room or in the closet or in a cabinet or wherever you want to leave it. The aspect of what they've been doing as far as collecting data and collecting what you look at and where you go and your emails, this, guys, is not new at all. This has been going on for years. And what happens is every time terms and conditions come out every year updated on these platforms, people actually read them in some cases. And in most cases, they freak out and they cannot believe how much privacy is invaded by these social media platforms. The aspect you have to look at is the social media platforms can also get out a significant amount of positive information. Now, do you have a lot of that information and your privacy probably compromised? Yes. Should you do as much as you can to protect that privacy? Yes. In some cases, I know some people that have two phones. They have one phone that they do their work on. They have basically no platforms on, no social media on. They use their phone calls, texts, private emails, secure servers on those phones. And then they have another phone that they will use some of their business social media platform on, and it's just a free-for-all. They don't care. Whenever they need to use it, it's all open. There's not much to hide. Now, one thing you can do as well, like I told you with the social media platforms, is put a piece of tape over the front camera. I know that sounds paranoid. I'm not wearing a tenfold hat right now, but that is something that's very significant. The reason why is when you have your permissions on and you're using these social media platforms, they flip on the camera. They always have access to that camera, by the way, if you leave your permissions on. And so what happens is when you're scrolling through, say you're scrolling through Instagram, they watch and they record with facial recognition software your face 
facial basically changes. So if you're happy, if you're sad, if you're mad, if you're aroused, if you're intrigued, if you're confused, they data log all that by every single post that you swipe up or swipe down on while you're looking at those social media platforms, which gives them an insane amount of data to build off of because then they can look at every single post you look at. Do your pupils dilate? Do you frown? Do you smile? Do you laugh? Do you basically look like you're confused? That is one of the easiest ways you can protect your privacy and them algorithm, basically data logging what's going on. Those people don't realize data brokers and what these social media platforms use as far as data brokering is over a $200 billion industry as of last year, and they expect it to massively exceed that this year due to so many people staying at home. There are over 4,000 data broker companies work worldwide that work with social media platforms. Roughly 80% of your U.S. email addresses are on file with these data brokers, or third party is what I should basically call them. That basically clarifies it a little bit better. There's roughly 23,000 servers collecting and analyzing your consumer, consumer data. There's data for over 500 million consumers worldwide. And 38% of employed Americans' pay stub information is available on Equifax. Just to clarify that, lest you believe your privacy is, <laughs> is well taken care of nowadays. Now, they go on to say now for a price for a list of a thousand people with health conditions like anorexia, substance abuse, depression, alcoholism, data broker company or third party company will pay $79 for that list. And they can get that information very easily. They say that the average value of one email address is worth $89. They say access to your social media accounts and credit card transaction data is worth $8, which ironically I figured would be worth way more than that. But I think that's a low estimate and that's only based on snippets of your information and certain accounts. So this is what we're into now. This is where we're at these days. This is the dilemma that you put yourself in. If you want to be completely off the grid, you want to have nothing about your private life or your data ever written about, ever talked about, ever sold, ever data logged, you pretty much cannot use any type of online platforms unless you're going to use a very secure online email server, and that's about it. Running a cell phone forget about it. Running social media, forget about it. Running anything that has a camera on it that you actually use, forget about it. So if you want to maintain your privacy as best as possible, you can go through a few steps. I know there's also, I've been told there are a few companies that can actually, you can pay, it's like $100 a year, and they can keep your data out of databases. Uh, I, I've never used one before, but I've been told about them, and apparently they work pretty good. It's definitely something that I probably will look into now in the near future. But I just wanted to clarify that because I had a lot of emails of people saying, hey, you going to cancel Instagram? you going to do all that? No, we're getting so much feedback, and we're waking so many people up, and we're getting so much information out there that sometimes you just got to deal with it. And the best thing to do, as I said before, and I know I'm being redundant, is try to take the best steps you can to protect your privacy. Another one of those two you can do that works very effective is one of the cases. Now, they make you know 50 different phone sizes all across the country, so you have to figure out what size you need, but there's cases. You put your phone in, you close it up, and there's no information getting out of them. You can try to call it straight to voicemail. You can try to email it, nothing. It's completely locked out, and that's probably one of the best things you can do if you're not actively needing your phone. But see, again, if you have kids or if you have family you're working with or someone that needs your help, it makes it very difficult because then you can't really do much of anything. I was over at a friend's house 
Lana and I took the kids over there on Friday night. We had a bonfire, and uh, it's funny because he's he's worked in construction for years, and uh, Lana and I has known his wife for years. I don't know him that well, but I, we hung out a bunch the other night, and he pulled out a flip phone, and I mean a genuine 2005. Motorola flip phone that doesn't even not even have internet access on it. He basically can use his phone for calling, and he can use text if he wants to basically you know play push the button fifty times. And I laughed at him and I said, dude, because he they got a big piece of property out in Polk County on about sixty eight acres. And um, I asked him, I said, dude, why don't you get a new phone? He goes, why? I said, well, you can. You, how do you get photos? He's like, well, I can get them sometimes. Somebody texts me a photo. He's like, it's real small. I said, well, it's kind of inconvenient. He's like, yeah. He's, but I don't, I don't want my information sold. He goes, these, these phones are so old. They're not even smartphones. You can't even get apps on these phones. They don't exist. They don't have the technology in these phones to do it. So pretty much, all you got to do is take the battery out of this phone, and it's done. I said, well. That's valid enough. I said, I'll give you credit for running a 15-year-old phone. I said, I'm not going to do that. I said, but I respect you for doing it a lot because I know that takes a lot of time and energy to have to go out of your way to do something like that. So just thought I would bring that up. Also, to in other news, this is something that's very interesting but also very troubling and goes to show you how the health of certain areas and cities and states and the overall well-being of its citizens are not the primary concern, regardless of what they tell you about COVID, regardless of what these mayors and governors want to run their mouths about and say, it's for your protection. You need to wear a mask for everybody's protection. You just need to stay at home for everybody's protection. Well, the problem is, it's a complete and total lie. There's not one single instance we've ever seen in the entire country where the U.S. government has gone out of their way to boldly protect the American populace's health. Actually, quite the opposite. Well, now we're seeing in San Francisco, for the last 10 months now, governors and mayors basically instituted some most draconian measures in the country, San Francisco being one of them. Earlier this month, the city of San Francisco issued an order shutting down all outside play kids at playgrounds, play for kids at playgrounds. So all playgrounds got shut down. Any type of childhood activity or going out basically was shut down. Pretty much almost all businesses are shut down that aren't essential like Costco and Sam's because, of course, those guys, you can can put 500 people and jam them into that store, and it's perfectly fine. But if you have six people at a restaurant dining inside, uh, best believe that's illegal. Well, they even banned dating now. They said if you date, it has to be done outside with a mask on, and it has to be kiss-free. I kid you not. This is how, this is how nuts the mayor's gotten in San Francisco. According to others, or the order residents can meet with one person who does not live with you to walk or hang out at the park or play low-contact social distance sports such as golf or tennis. However, couples cannot share equipment. So you can live together. You can date each other. You can stay at home with each other, but if you go out and you play tennis together, you play golf, you can't share equipment because that's that definitely makes a huge difference. And as we've seen numerous San Francisco businesses close their doors with a population of nearly 900,000 people, the overall amount of COVID deaths is a whopping 173 people. That's it. San Francisco. Now, while folks aren't dying from COVID very often in the area, there's definitely a huge spike in deaths, and it's staggering. A record 621 people, as of December 19th, have died of drug overdoses in San Francisco. That means that drug overdoses has 
360% higher death rate than COVID-19 in San Francisco. What's even more startling is the death from overdoses could have been much higher if 3,000 people had not been saved by Narcan this year. Narcan is basically a compound you inject in an individual that's overdosed on heroin or an opiate, and it keeps them from dying. So they've issued 3,000 Narcan doses as far as on individuals this year. The article published this month in BMJ details how Chicago as well has seen a massive increase in hospitalizations and deaths at the beginning of the lockdown. And a study published by a group of medical doctors and researchers noted the increase in excess death earlier this year. And I quote, this is what they say, it appears the excess death count during COVID-19 outbreak and the 25 to 44-year-old age bracket cannot at all be wholly attributed to the virus. Less than half can be accounted for by the current COVID-19 numbers from the CDC, which are not accurate. It is unlikely that deaths in the age bracket are related to other common COVID-19 comorbidity conditions. They said these deaths are related to suicide, despair, alcohol, drug abuse, violence, and collateral effects of various public policy mitigation measures. So I want to bring that up to remind everybody. The government is not here to protect you. They are not here to save you. They do not care anything about your overall health. If they did, they would be doing something drastically different about what's happening right now. And as we're seeing down here in Florida, we're running into an issue as county mayors and city mayors are coming in now and overstepping their boundaries and violating Governor Ron DeSantis's order. Orange County, which is Orlando, Mayor Jeremy Dennings is now challenged the Santez by skirting the governor's order and has barred communities from basically listening to DeSantis. He has come in now and started fining businesses, okay? So he's not fining individuals for masks, he's fining businesses. They enacted a local order in Orlando around $300 fines on businesses that fail to comply with county face covering requirements. Tampa Mayor Jane Castor has done the same now issuing $500 fines to businesses that allow customers or staff to go maskless. So what we have now is mayors that are going directly against Governor DeSantis and blatantly finding businesses. And this would explain to me why every time I've gone to Orlando and Tampa, I end up with giant altercations with individuals. And basically, finally, the mayors or the, the managers are just like, dude, just go in, just have a mask with you. And I'm like, why do I? Okay, put, I'll put one in my pocket. Cool, I got a mask now. This is why they're doing it because then apparently if they come in now, the health department comes in and tries to raid them to make sure they're social distancing and wearing a mask. If you have a mask with you, you can pretty much say, oh, I took it off to eat or drink or something of those sorts. But this is nuts. Can you believe they're doing this down here in Florida now, Dad? Yeah, you know, no, I can't, Austin. But, you know, these liberal democratic, pro-gay, pro-trans, pro-political correct mayors – will do anything they have to to go against the Republican governor of the state. All DeSantis has to do now is sign another executive order saying that the counties and the cities and these places cannot find businesses. He'll need to do that immediately. Because if he doesn't, what they're doing is they found a way around them not finding individuals. And the sad part about it all is this. The businesses are already suffering. They're already trying to stay in business. They don't want to turn people away because they don't have a mask on. You know, they don't want to say, get out. I don't want your money. Get out. I'm not going to serve you. Get out. Because when they start doing that, they're going to end up in a situation where they're out of business very, very quickly. But, of course, the communist indoctrination centers known as our 
Democratic Party now and our Frankfurt School inductees, they don't have any idea of what the side effects and the blowback's going to be when they do this, or perhaps they do have an idea. Perhaps they know that this will destroy further commerce in the United States and make people more and more and more dependent. I mean, this new pork barrel bill they're passing now with this $900 billion, they're giving families with immigrants in the families, illegal immigrants, $1,800 a family. They're only giving $600 to the people that are paying the bills. $600 each. It's ridiculous. Again, it's all going back to the pork barrel politics. $3 billion is going to Israel. I mean, to Israel right now. Again, billions and billions of dollars going to Israel again in this quote-unquote COVID stimulus package. I mean, why is Israel getting money for this? I mean, honestly. And why in the world are billions going to foreign aid and spending bill on gender programs in Pakistan and Sri Lanka helping people to transition to transgender? Why, why are we doing this? What the, why are we spending billions helping people get their personal parts cut off for COVID? This is complete and total nonsense. But again, think about it for a second. So many of these countries that we have all over the world, 74 billion to the Caribbean Basin Security Initiative, 33 billion for democracy programs for Venezuela, 132 million for assistance to Georgia, 453 million for assistance to the Ukraine, Pakistan, 15 million for democracy programs. Why is this happening? Well, let me explain to you why they have to do this. You know, the thousand military bases around the world that are used to bring in Afghan Harrison, heroin, the thousand military lily pad bases around the world and all these third world countries all over the world have to have the internal machinations greased on a regular basis with bribes. Yeah, there you go. Let's look at it this way. So what they have to do is they've got to find a way to, quote-unquote, legally give these people money since the black ops budget doesn't make enough money anymore because they're spending on who knows what, including building deep underground military bases, et cetera, et cetera. So now they're saying, oh, by the way, we have to spend money in bribing elected officials in these countries in order to maintain our military bases that can bring in C-130 transports so we can liberally give you guys heroin and opiates and now meth from our C-130 transport planes and this extremely intricate network of drug running that we have globally brought to you by the CIA, Mossad, and MI6. So that's really what's going on with all of these things when you get stuff like this. A hundred billion millions of dollars going to foreign aid and spending, including gender programs? No, I don't think so. Even as perverted as these Kabbalists are and as perverted as they are as far as their hermaphrodite agenda, which is very, very real, even they can't get away with all of this. But there is a reason that these countries are getting all of this money. Oh, by the way, Bill Barr, remember I told you guys a couple of months ago after the election, there, were, there was nothing going to happen as far as with Bill Barr, as far as going out and basically filing suits and, and getting hearings going as far as what's happened with the election. Now he, he's quitting now and he's been fired. Now he says there is no reason to appoint special counsels on Hunter Biden. <laughs> oh my God. You've got a you've got a computer with all kinds of weird, crazy stuff on it, but there is no reason to appoint special counsels on Hunter Biden or election fraud and rules out seizing voting machines and he publicly slaps down Donald Trump's demands in the wake of a losing election. I mean what did the, here's the problem I have again, and I've discussed it so many times. This scripted farce that we call our federal government, which is run by the Kabbalists, 
basically is a group of people that are actors. And they're put into positions of power. They're given a script to read, including Bill Barr, including Donald Trump, all of them. They don't get to this level of net worth and this level of notoriety without being controlled, period. I mean, even Pat Robertson now, the hardcore Zionist that you can't watch five minutes of his 700 Club without getting all this pro-Zionist news, he's saying that erratic Trump needs to move on and it would be a mistake for him to run in 2024. If you guys remember, Pat Robertson was diametrically opposed in the beginning to, to Donald Trump running. He was. And he got so much blowback from it, he finally capitulated and said, hey, we'll support Donald Trump. And he goes, when asked if Trump should run in 24, Robertson said, I think it's a sideshow. That's true. I think it'd be a mistake. And that's probably true. Because my money would be on Nikki Haley. She'd make a tremendous candidate, okay? With all his talent and ability to raise money and grow large crowds, the president still lives in an alternate reality, which that is true. And he goes, he really does. People say he lies about this and he lies about that. He lies about the other. To him, it's the truth. He had the biggest crowd on Inauguration Day. He had more people than ever. He was the most popular. He saved NBC with The Apprentice. Go down the line of things that really aren't true, and people kept pointing to them. Well, Pat Robertson, i got to say something to you, buddy. When you did your little Lions Claw on the cover of that magazine, I believe it was Time Magazine a few years ago, showing that you were Masonic leader. I mean, nobody holds their hand in a Lions Claw on a photograph on the front of a magazine. And when you totally capitulated to the New World Order after you wrote a book on it in the early 90s, and you stopped talking about the Federal Reserve Banks, and you started basically promoting the agenda of the New World Order about... 30 years ago, so that you wouldn't lose your nonprofit status for Liberty Uni for Regent University, which I understand that's your baby and that you birthed it and all this kind of stuff, and you want to have a legacy after you die. You kind of lost your credibility with all of us. Just thought I'd mention that to you. And the fact that you're like 90 years old and you're still on TV and you seem to be pretty much one senile shade into the wind. What the heck are you talking about, Donald Trump, not being involved at the age of 74, 75 years of age when you're much older than him? So just food for thought for everybody, because I no longer watch Pat Robertson whatsoever. Now, mind you, I have been on the 700 Club. I want to use that as a – I want to just make a disclaimer on that. I was on the 700 Club back in the 90s. They actually sent a, a doggone camera crew to my home to videotape me. True story. Really did. I, I don't make these things up. And so I'm saying this as someone who's been behind the scenes at the 700 Club and realized that I'm not just making this stuff up as we go. These guys are, uh, you know, uh, kind of messed up. By the way, the Vatican is now saying that the use of COVID vaccines made from aborted fetal tissue is, is good, it's ethical. You know, I don't know what the world happened to the Catholic Church who dropped them on their head when they were a baby, but something's wrong. I mean, you know, I talked this morning. I spoke to a man who's a hardcore Catholic, and I told him, I said, look, the kingdom of God is within us. It doesn't deal with church institutions. And we need to understand all of that, guys. I mean... We, the, the Vatican and the, and the Catholic Church, it did what it needed to do in the beginning as far as holding on to basically Christianity. But then it became intensively corrupt to the point that it started selling get-out-of-hell-free cards. They're called indulgences to build giant cathedrals in Europe and became a complete and total you know, corrupt institution. And Martin Luther had to point out and basically started the Protestant Reformation. Yeah, so the Catholic Church has really kind of got itself in a mess now saying that fetal tissue and dead babies and vaccines is okay. Guys, it's not. Oh, by the way, Bill Barr, the do-nothing that I just told you, is not going to do anything as far as Donald Trump or this election or Hunter Biden. 
He is now announcing new charges against suspected Lockerbie bomb maker on the 32nd anniversary of attack of the Pan Am Flight 103 that killed 270 people. Now, don't get me wrong. This Pan Am flight from 32 years ago that killed 270 people, that was insane what happened with that. But does Attorney General Barr not have anything else to do than to deal with issues that were over 30 years ago, and he refuses to acknowledge what's going on right under his nose right now? This is just absolutely nuts that this is actually continuing to happen in the United States of America. Oh, by the way, Trump confirms that he has spoken with the great <laughs> the great gentleman, this is so funny, the great Tom, Tommy Tuberville, and projects optimism about a January the 6th challenge. You know, I, I can tell you what's going to happen. I'm going to be there on January the 6th. I'm going to be up there in D.C. along with Austin. We're planning on being there come heck high water or cold front or whatever. You know, we're going to be there. But the problem with all of this is Trump's not going to do anything. He's not the president for that position. He's going along with the flow. I personally believe that Biden will be basically inaugurated as president. And that Donald Trump will sit back and watch it happen and slip silently into the uh, night as far as his presidency will go. But he'll continue to, to do rallies and continue to do everything else that he's planning on doing because he wants that media attention. And he's doing the bidding of his cabalist handlers. Always remember that. Now, do you think Donald Trump will really bite down and do something? No. What they're doing here with Tuberville and Sidney Powell and all the rest they're keeping the patriots at bay. Oh, don't worry about it. We've got multidimensional chess going on. I mentioned this yesterday. Oh, you'll see. Donald Trump will be reelected. Uh, no, I don't think so. We're past all that. And now we have top leaders coming out and telling people, including in the Republican Party, that Donald Trump just needs to step aside. Well, you know, we made it through eight years of the gay Kenyan with his guy, his wife, and I'm sure we'll make it through the four years of Biden, if it lasts four years, with his senile dementia being so extreme at this point, it may be four months between and before Kamala Harrison takes care of it. The main, the main thing we got to be concerned about right now is the Georgia elections, and we really need to have exit polling. Remember George W., the great, well, the dumb one, you know who he is. He basically outlawed exit polling in national elections because they said it was skewing the results in the western states. Well, they had to outlaw election, you know, exit polling, and I talked about this in depth yesterday, because they didn't want you to know what a precinct had voted if it doesn't line up with the, quote, Dominion software and the other software they were using at the time back with George Bush. You know, this was the Diebold election machines back then. Guys, it's so important to understand it's all a stage, and these are all actors, and they're all reading scripts, and that we have to keep our heart and our faith in Christ Jesus, because he is the author, he is the finisher, he is the perfecter of our faith, and without him, we'd be in a real mess. Austin, what do you think, bud? Yes, you're absolutely right on that. There's no question that I mean is, and this is why I've been so adamant, though, as far as with what's going on with the election on the, the main aspect. And that's why I'm going to be going up there. You're going up there. As I told you, I said, the thing about it is I can't sit back idly by and watch the theft of the Republic right in front of me and just pretend like it's not going to get, it's just, it's going to go away. Like we're just going to pretend it's just going to happen. It's not where I can worry about it. I mean, we already have seen, we've seen the numbers. Nothing adds up. Everything we've seen in Georgia, what we saw in Pennsylvania, the list goes on. And, you know, you were talking about Bill Bard, Attorney General, I did some more research on him. I had another buddy send me an article on him when he was actually in Forbes. Imagine that. And it discusses his $74 million net worth that he's accrued now. And most of that is when he left Bush 
from the White House in 93, and he entered the private sector and started working with GTE, then Bell Atlantic, then went into Verizon. And what's interesting, I found out, even in this article from Forbes, they're, they're, they're not real flattering of him on a lot of stuff he was involved in. And it talks about how he left Verizon and joined Dominion Resources in Time Warner. Now, Dominion Resources, when I first heard that, I thought he was talking about Dominion voting machines, and it was not that. That was Dominion Energy is what they're talking about, the resources, a big energy firm in Virginia. And what's interesting, he started raking in all this cash. I mean, I'm, every, every time you turn around this article, it's like he's getting another $970,000 bonus, another million dollar in equity awards. Now, there, there's one part in here that they were paying eight. $8.4 million a year from Kirkland and Ellis to pay for his lease on his apartment in his San Francisco skyscraper. Then it said he went to work on the board of Oxygen Capital Management the same year this, the firm subsidy ended up pleading guilty to conspiracy to violate foreign corruption practices and basically he dropped off the board of that. Then he went and worked for Kirkland Ellis, which was very strange. Then he ended up representing Caterpillar. They got raided by federal agents and he announced that he was going to be looking in their disputes with the government and all this and then he finally drops out of the private sector and goes back in when Trump appoints him. Bill Barr was nothing more than a planted stooge to be put in that position of Attorney General to make sure that we would not have an AG when the time came for him to step forward and to make sure he would do absolutely nothing. Like Dad said, he already came out now and said there's no reason to appoint a special counsel to look at election fraud or the tax investigation of Joe Biden's son. None of that. No, 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 nothing to see here. Don't worry about it. No reason to appoint anybody. We don't need to do anything. It didn't happen. Fake news. Don't worry about it. This is exactly why he was in this position. I remember when Bill Barr first got put into position by Trump and so many of the real hardcore Trumpers were going oh yeah, Bill Barr is going to drain the swamp and I, I would laugh hysterically laugh hysterically, I said you do know Bill Barr was the Attorney General during the Ruby Ridge and also was going in to the issue with Waco and stepped out and that's when Janet Reno stepped in, he was involved in all that Attorney Barr was the man responsible for getting the FBI sniper completely acquitted of all manslaughter and second-degree murder charges that shot Randy Weaver's head off with a 308 rifle from 300 meters out while she was unarmed. That same A.G. Barr is the individual who did that. So when that's when I heard about it. I said, this, this is the, one of the biggest issues because if they would have put in – a real heavy hitter pit bull as an AG, somebody that was a real constitutionalist that was not going to put up with crap, they would have an issue because the Attorney General has a whole lot of power in this country. I mean, a whole lot of power. And so all of a sudden, you put a heavy hitter pit bull in that position, and all this stuff starts happening with this voting election and all this fraud and everything else, and he goes, whoa, 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 hold your horses. This is not okay. I'm, I'm not going to go along with this. We're going to do a full-blown investigation. We're going to have special counsel. We're going to look at everything that happened with this. This is not okay at all. But in my opinion, this is the main reason why they put this bozo Bill Barr back in again as AG when he was already an epic failure in the late 80s and 90s and put him in this position right now so he would do absolutely nothing right when he if any point in his life he actually needed to stand up and grow a set and do something productive with himself besides make 75 million dollars in the private sector by getting other companies out of trouble this was the time that he could have stood up and built himself a true conservative patriot legacy but again that's not what he is 
He's a swamp creature. He's a deep sea swamp creature, and he's been there for decades, and that is why he has been there. Also, too, in other news, this is interesting, it's from an article from Western Journal. A lot of people have been discussing the aspects of this whole entire COVID vaccine and what your employer can do to you about it as far as if you don't want to get the vaccine. Okay, And as we've already seen now, you know, we saw the hospital in Illinois over the weekend. They halted the COVID vaccine for a couple days. We saw in Alaska now we've had five individuals up there going to anaphylactic shock. We've had, as Dad said yesterday on the show, we've had 3,150 people as of December 18th already reported to what the agency terms as health impact events to the CDC. And what that means is the definition of the term is unable to perform normal daily activities, return to work, or required care from a doctor or healthcare professional. That's already going on. This this vaccine is something that is is insane. And I have a doctor that I know who's basically out in Kansas City. And I'm not going to tell you any information as far as on his direct involvement, but I got a text from him over the weekend, and he said in Truman Lakewood Hospital, they actually were offering $1,000 to each individual in the staff that would take the vaccine. Now, I haven't heard about this, any of this in the media, and I'm taking his word for this. He's told me a lot of information before that's been very accurate. It's been very true. Um, but so I cannot personally confirm this. I have not been able to find this online, but it would not surprise me why these nurses are stepping forward and going, hoorah, hoorah, let me get the shot on television, and then turning around after they pass out and go on anaphylactic shock and have to get epinephrine shot, they go, oh, I still would have gotten the vaccine. Everybody needs to get the vaccine. Please, everybody do your part and get the vaccine like that one girl did. I mean, it's embarrassing. I'm like, this. you look like you're doing an ad commercial. Well, I think that's what they're doing. This would make sense why they're getting so many individuals to take it. And he said now, so far up at Truman Lakewood Hospital, they've had five staff members already in the hospital. Basically, they've had serious adverse events as well, including high fevers, passing out, anaphylaxis, the same thing we keep hearing. The problem is what we're seeing now is it appears to me and most of other people, including this doctor, is that the mainstream media has now started to do damage control as we expected them. And they're going in now and they're pretty much blocking out all this information. If it doesn't go viral and it doesn't basically pull a handle at the beginning, they're going in and they're making sure this information doesn't get leaked. And apparently what they're trying to do with a lot of these nurses now that are getting this $1,000 bonus to get the vaccine is they're making them sign basically non-disclosures. So after they get the vaccine, they can't talk about the vaccine. They can't do anything about the vaccine. They can't even discuss their side effects about the vaccine unless it's pretty much with their physician that's treating them in the ER. <laughs> Imagine that. So, again, this is the stuff that I'm hearing on the outside. I don't work in a hospital, but I've gotten numerous reports all over the country on different incidents that are happening, including, as I told you before, physicians and nurses that are saying there are no maxed out ICU beds. There is no pandemic. There is no max to capacity. We're overloaded and can't handle the COVID cases at all. Everything's basically fairly normal. We have a lot of people that are sick, just like we normally do in December, people that are coming down with the flu and other viruses. But there is no pandemic that warrants a full-blown societal shutdown and loss of life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness, along with business ability to make money. There is none of that. So now what we're seeing is there has been an article that was put out by the Philadelphia Inquirer, and according to the legal, legal guidance from the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission and the new CDC guidelines, they're essentially saying 
that because employers are entitled and required to ensure a safe workplace in which an individual shall not pose a direct threat to health or safety of individuals in the workplace, a company could require its employees to be vaccinated. But there are numerous factors here before you can actually terminate somebody for not getting a vaccine. And they said there are several factors where the employer can require the vaccine. However, the employer first has to show that it's wholly necessary for the job for somebody working in a high-risk environment. They said if employees do not want to get vaccinated for religious or disability purposes, there are steps that you can take to make sure that they basically are forced to accommodate that request before you can be terminated. They also go on to say requiring employees to get the vaccine, however, does not violate the American with Disabilities Act because people do not need a medical exam to receive the vaccination, according to the EEOC. They said there are exceptions to the rule if employees have a disability or a true religious or sincerely held belief to prevent them from getting the vaccine. They said accommodations must be given by the employers to the employees to work from home or other options. They said if accommodations cannot be made, employers can exclude an unvaccinated individual who poses a potential threat from entering the workplace. But this does not mean the employee may automatically terminate the worker. In these cases, the employee could be eligible for unpaid leave or other entitlements under federal, state, and local laws. So at some point, if there are job-protected unpaid leave that might rise due to undue hardship, it would go on a case-by-case basis. So if workers can be able to do certain aspects of their job or work from home or other things, basically, where they're not a immediate threat to other individuals, it, there's a lot of, basically put it this way, there's a lot of red tape because a lot of people have been asking me about this. So if you are in a workplace, okay, and there are certain topics that are getting brought up, like mandatory vaccines for you to work there, in my opinion, here's a couple things you can do. A, start looking at exit strategies, just, just in case. I always like to have option A, B, C, and D. If anybody knows me, I like to have other, other options. Sometimes I get forced and I only have option A. Don't like that. Always like to have some type of backup. If you are in this position, start looking at exit strategies. Put an option B, option C, option D available for what you can do if you have to start working and doing something else. Second thing, immediately start pushing the religious vaccination exemption. Now, I know some states, they don't do this as far as with schools. However, this is going to be one of those pretty hard ones because you're not going into a school system and you're a grown adult, and there's very little ability to prove that this vaccine is going to have any type of positive impact on your life. Quite frankly, you can go in and print all these articles off from Alaska and Illinois and all these other states and show that apparently there are serious problems. Also, too, another option you have. The CDC has now put out guidelines saying that if you have any serious um, basically allergies, you should not, under any circumstances, take this vaccine. That would be another one that I would look at, is going in and making sure you can actually get a medical exemption and saying, hey, I have some type of allergy, whatever it is, and going in and getting a doctor to sign off on it. And if your employer is adamant on it, at that point, they cannot force you to take the vaccine because you truly do have a medical exemption from a doctor. And that's what they were talking about in this article here. So those are a few options to look into if you're working somewhere that you feel they're going to start implementing this. Do the best you can 
especially if you're making money and you still have a job and you have stuff going on, do the best you can to try to make your voice heard. Obviously, don't be belligerent, irate, or be insubordinate, but make sure you take it from either religious or a medical standpoint and also, too, cover all your bases because there's a high probability, my friends, you're going to have to start doing this pretty soon. A lot of businesses, if they're already going in now and they're trying to find people for not wearing masks or find businesses for not wearing masks, they're more than likely going to start doing the same for vaccines. The problem is, if the CDC has come out now and said, if you have severe allergies, do not get this vaccine. That right there is a huge footprint to step on to try to make your voice heard and stand your ground to not get this unbelievably dangerous and disgusting, very toxin-filled vaccine, Dad. What do you think? Well, you know, I think that Trump is fiddling why the United States burns. That's what I think. He's still president. He's still allowing, he's the one who's pushing the Operation Warp Speed. In fact, on Monday, he stepped out of his, you know, morning mode, I guess, as far as losing this election, and he decided to go out and sign an executive order and do something. And so he signed an executive order on Monday requiring classical architecture for federal buildings. Yeah. All right. There you go. That did a lot, you know. President Trump signed an executive order Monday requiring federal buildings be constructed in the style of American classical architecture. So he wants to do neoclassical, Art Deco, Georgian, Greek Revival. This is what he's really spending his time on right now as far as not trying to fix what's wrong with the United States but to fix classical architecture for federal buildings. I mean, don't get me wrong. I like classical architecture. I think it's beautiful. I think it's nice that we're having it for federal buildings, but does he not have anything else to do Besides talk about that right now, you know, right now we're getting massive, massive, massive propaganda about the COVID. In fact, here's the new article out of the Daily Mail. I posted it on the website. This is pure fear porn. Let me read it to you. Mutant, super infectious, English variant of coronavirus that is feared to spread more easily among children is probably already <laughs> in the U.S., it could have even started in America. Wait a minute. Gosh. Oh, my God. Let me go hide under a bed and grab a hazmat suit. What is wrong with these people? Well, it's because they're cabals controlled. And they've got to put fear out there. And I like some of the stuff from Daily Mail. At least it gets a lot of stuff out there that basically they want to propagandize. And we can sit there and make fun of it. <laughs> I've mean, I got to say that. But the problem is, is why do they have to say stuff like this? And, you know, a lot of it has to do with the war on men in the United States and the war on manliness in the United States and the war on whites in the United States. I mean, it really is. I mean, all of this crazy stuff is, is you know, is out there. And, and by the way, Breitbart came out with an article. I'm going to just share this with you real quick to change subjects. Suspects are arrested for allegedly killing a man and wounding a grandfather trying to buy a car. And what these clowns did is they put an ad on Craigslist to sell a 19 or something, so 2011 Chevy Camaro. And so this 73-year-old North Carolina man and his 23-year-old grandson, they drove to Columbus County to buy a Chevrolet, and they brought cash with them. Well, it went out badly for the whole thing. Now, these two thugs are being charged with murdering the grandfather and beating up and almost leaving for dead the 23-year-old. Guys, if you're going to do a Craigslist thing, let me give you some really good advice. Don't bring cash. Please. You know, here's what I suggest you do. A guy wants to sell you a car for $2,000. Get a cashier's check made out to you. If your name is Gene Smith, 
make it out to Gene Smith, right? And basically take the cashier's check with you and tell the person that what you're going to do is you're going to inspect the car. You are not bringing cash. You're bringing a cashier's check, and you will meet at your bank branch in that area, and you will cash the cashier's check when you see clear title and you've inspected the vehicle, and you will do it inside under the security cameras. Yeah. And if they say, I'm not going to do that. I'm, I want to meet you in the parking lot in a deserted area. Yeah, no. The answer is no. Now, I've had that happen to me. Years ago, I was going to buy a motorcycle. I've told you the story. Don't fuss at me about bikes. I don't own one right now. Don't want to hear it. Love motorcycles. Love Harleys. Love BMW motorcycles. I even like the rice burners. I like all bikes. If they're fun and they handle well, I enjoy them. I don't ride them anymore. Quite frankly, the traffic down here in Florida has gotten so awful it's not safe. But I was going to buy a Habusa. I had it for a great price. Sent me all these pictures of it. Wanted to meet me in a deserted parking lot at an apartment complex in the middle of the afternoon, and I told him, no, we'll meet at the SunTrust Bank in your area. I will not bring cash. Well, suddenly, he worked for the CIA. Suddenly, he like was a sauce. He was a secret agent. I'm not making it up, guys. He really said all this stuff. And all of a sudden, I said, you know what, bud? Uh, I don't feel comfortable bringing cash. I'm not going to do that. not going to do it. So we're going to – all of a sudden, Mike sold. Mike sold. Guys. Be careful with Craigslist. Be careful with meeting people with cash that you don't know. There are a bunch of thieves out there and a bunch of thugs. There really are, and you got to really avoid them. By the way, Preacher is also a congressman in uh, Georgia, uh, Ralph Raphael Warnock. Uh, rabbis have now denounced him for anti-Semitic rhetoric. The Coalition for Jewish Values, I didn't even know there was a group like that, a group of traditional rabbis accused Georgia's Democratic Senate candidate, Reverend Raphael Warnock, of anti-Semitic rhetoric on Friday. The group, which represents over 1,500 traditional rabbis in matters of public policy, also accused liberal Jews from the Jewish Democratic Council of America of trying to whitewash Warnock's views by circulating a petition claiming that he was a victim of baseless claims and attacks. In a letter to the JDCA, whose signatories included two rabbis from Georgia, the coalition addressed a recent JDCA meeting in which Warnock had been given an opportunity to explain his views. So he had to go in and explain his views. In other words, peasant, you need to come over here and explain to us what you said and why it's not okay in front of a hostile crowd. Yeah, that's something I'd really want to sign up to do. The traditional rabbis said they were concerned and hurt by the manner in which the reverend brushed aside his past rhetoric against Israel and the Jewish community, saying that basically Jew, Israel, Jewish Israel was a, basically an apartheid state. So you guys can read more about this. I posted this article. And, you know, and there's also an outrage at the Ivy Leagues now because they're getting really, really mad. Now listen to this one. The Ivy League professor draws outrage by saying that essential workers should get the COVID vaccine before the elderly because older people are whiter. Yeah, I mean, in other words, the old white people don't matter. Now, mind you, this is all about propaganda to try to force the older, whiter people who've got a brain, okay, not to take the vaccine. They want to force them to take the vaccine. So they're using this by saying, you're white. You can't have the vaccine. So the white person jumps up and says, how dare you say I'm white and I can't have a vaccine? I want the vaccine. Well, a week later, a week before that, they were basically opposed to taking the vaccine because they were told they can't. This is all subconscious manipulation. That's what this is. That's why these types of articles make the news. 
because they're trying to manipulate the old white people to force a vaccine and take a vaccine. It's crazy. By the way, uh, Paul Craig Roberts wrote a really, really good article, and I've posted it. It's called, uh, you know, why the U.S. is really going down on the complete destruction of our country and Western civilization, RIP, R-I-P-E. And he quotes it a quote by Alexander Solzhenitsyn. And it says, in keeping silent about evil and burying it so deep within us that no sign of it appears on the surface, we are implanting it, and it will rise up a thousandfold in the future. When we neither punish nor reproach evildoers, we are not simply protecting their trivial old age, we are thereby ripping the foundations of justice from beneath new generations, which we have done now since the syphilis-infected Woodrow Wilson pushed the Federal Reserve Bank on us over 100 years ago. So I'm going to post this article because it's too long to read on the show, but I want you guys to read it. And then he also wrote another really, really good article. It said, Erasing the White Male. He goes on to say, For a number of years I've witnessed the disappearance of the white male from the publications and fundraising materials sent to me by Georgia Tech and Merton College and Oxford University. The materials feature women and foreigners, and I'm puzzled that the institutions believe that a person who remembers this college differently from what it now exists resonate with fundraising materials. Now, I'm going to say something to you, and you can do this yourself. Google, or even use DuckDuckGoGo, white couples. You'll get anything but white couples. Just letting you know that. Google black couples, and you'll get black couples. Google Hispanic couples, you get Hispanic couples. But Google white couples... You don't get white couples. So they're doing everything they pass possibly can to destroy white people because they really hate whites because we were the foundation of Western civilization. And basically, we are the ones who built the old world order, right? And so now we have an economic collapse and a societal collapse, and it's deliberate so that we can have order out of chaos as the new world order, which basically I guess is going to have any Protestants or whites who basically developed the old world order, also known as the tyranny of the ruling sociopaths. I've posted this article, too. It's a pretty good article, and that's the name of the article. And I think you guys need to read this, too. They're all posted on the Health Masters website. But guys, think about it for a second. If we don't continue to talk about this stuff, nobody else is. The other day when I spoke to that car dealer, and he said, I don't want to know about this. I just want to believe the United States is as it was in 1960 and 1950, and I don't want to think that we're not who we used to be. And I'm like... Wow. Why would they do that? Why would they feel that way? Well, it's easy. It's called normalcy bias. It's really good to only think of, I mean, it's really fun to only think about good stuff all the time and never look at the reality of what's going on. I, I have to agree with that. But the reality is it's, it's getting pretty messed up. I mean, it really, really is. You know, and we need to understand that. You know, it, 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 it's interesting also. There's an UNS review report and it says anti Semitism claims mask a reign of political and cultural terror across Europe. The Israeli newspaper Hezra has run a fascinating long report this week offering a disturbing snapshot of the political climate rapidly emerging across Europe on the issue of anti-Semitism. The article documents a kind of cultural, political, and intellectual reign of terror in Germany since the parliament passed a resolution last year equating support for non-violent boycotts of Israel in solidarity with Palestinians oppressed by Israel with anti-Semitism. The article concerns Germany, but anyone reading it will see very strong parallels with what's happening all over the world. Why? Because they want an international court out of Tel Aviv to basically be the ruling body 
of the United Nations in the New World Order. That's just a flash for you guys, in case you haven't heard me say that before. So they've got to do everything they have possibly can to say, if you criticize the fact that an Israeli sniper shot a child from a thousand yards, you know, for sport and blew his leg off, how dare you? That's anti-Semitic. But should you really think he should have done that? Well, no, but it doesn't matter. You can't say it because it's anti-Semitic. I mean, if an American soldier shot a child from a thousand yards or a thousand meters for sport to blow a leg off, we'd go insane. The international media would go insane. But we can't mention it if an Israeli Mossad agent does it. Seems all strange to me, guys. Let me know what you think about that. Guys, I love you. And I appreciate you. I'll remember, always remember something. Jesus is the author, the finisher, the perfecter of our faith. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And God is a good God. He's here to protect you. I love you guys. I appreciate you. I prayed for you this morning. Have a wonderful day. I should finish it up, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. Absolutely. And also, too, I have a call to action to all of my patriot listeners today and everybody who actually represents and respects the Second Amendment. As you guys know, I've talked repeatedly about the ATF's intent to ban stabilizer braces or to register stabilizer braces. I'm sure you guys have heard about this now from SB Tactical and the company called Q that basically built the Honey Badger rifle. Talked about it in detail. If you want to read more on it, go on the website. I've got another article on there. But now the ATF has put up something on the federal register that they have open for formal comments over the next 13 days until January 4th. Now listen to me very clearly right now, my friends. I've already gone in here and written a very, very detailed comment on this. And so far, there's 21,444 public comments just in the last, I think, couple days that this has been up in the Federal Register. I'll put the link to it on the website. We'll have it up there today. I really encourage all of you to go on there and write a public comment. You don't have to put in all your, your personal information if you don't want to, and you don't have to write some lengthy paragraph, but we need to go on there and make our voices heard. What they're going to do now, and this is going to be a point in time where we're all going to have to figure out what we're going to do and how long we're going to allow ATF to unlawfully and arbitrarily write laws and change their opinion on a whim to make people felons simply because they have a brace that helps you stabilize a rifle or a pistol AR. What they're talking about doing now with this new document, including all the statutes they're listing in it, is they're going to now require, if this goes through and they try to make this law, which I still don't understand how they do this, they're, they're an enforcement agency. They're not a, a, a department as far as a, they're not the justice system. You know, they're not a legislative branch. They're, they're, they're an enforcement agency. But regardless, they want to come in now and say that if you have an AR-15 with a stabilizer brace, especially if you have an injury or something, you can use these, that you now have to register that firearm as an NFA weapon, meaning it's a class 3 weapon and they're going to do everybody a favor they're going to waive the $200 tax stamp fee, you know, because that's fine you know, that we're going to take care of you on that, we'll be polite and waive that fee, and that you can grandfather in your stabilizing brace, AR-15 because it is now an NFA weapon, and the problem is there's over 2 million of these braces that have been sold because, quite frankly, I'll be honest with you, I've, I've got a couple of them. They work very nice, especially on smaller ARs, especially if you're wanting to use it and stabilize it and be able to shoot it with one hand. And, of course, ATF now wants to arbitrarily and unilaterally write law, which they do not have the ability to do. So I don't know how they're doing this. I don't know how they get away with it. But it reached a point in time, my friends, 
where we're going to have to ask ourselves, how long are we going to allow ATF to unbelievably, aggressively, and illegally violate our Second Amendment? There's only roughly 1,800 ATF field agents in the entire country. There's over 330 million Americans, and there's at least, at minimum, 30 to 50 million law-abiding firearm owners. So it reaches the point where you have to go, are we just going to let a very, very, very small group of federal agents that are lawless, that don't even abide by their own laws. I mean, heck, they sold 2,500 machine guns and 50 caliber weapons to the Mexican drug cartel intentionally to see where they would go, and then allegedly lost all of them. We even had a border agent that was killed in Arizona, if you remember, with one of the automatic AK-47s that the ATF sold the Mexican drug cartel. So this isn't the agency that's protecting our firearm rights, and this isn't the agency that even abides by their own rules. So again, I encourage everybody, get on this federal register, write a public comment. Again, you don't have to put all your personal information in there. Heck, you don't even have to put your real name if you don't want in there. You can put anything you want, but write a comment, make your voice heard, and wake these guys up and let them know that the American populace is not going to allow it happen to the doggone bump fire stocks to allow it happen again. Because here's the problem. If they do it with braces now, which have no unlawful purpose, have not been used in any commission of crimes, have not shown to be a public danger nuisance whatsoever. I mean, none. There's zero evidence at all. If we allow them to do this, the next thing it's going to be is magazines, optics, grips. They'll come in and start saying anything they want can make it an NFA weapon or an assault weapon or a machine gun, anything. So again, I encourage everybody, thank you for getting on here. Write in a public comment. If you need anything, healthmasters.com. Thank you so much for your continued support of Health Masters. We are doing everything we can to get packages out as fast as we can. Yes, I know the post office is being slow right now. I apologize for that. There's nothing I can do. Even UPS is slow in some cases simply because they're so overwhelmed this year by online purchases. So thank you for working with us on that. I know stuff takes a little bit longer. If you really, really need it still, you can call us up. We'll next day air it. we get it out to you. But be sure to check out the website, healthmasters.com. Lots of specials on there right now, including the product of the week, the probiotic blend. We also have multiple other products on there as well, including vote for the product of the week that you want to win tomorrow. Thank you so much for the support. Have a blessed, safe, awesome night. Let us know if you need anything. Stay safe. Stay awake. You guys have a good one. We'll talk to you tomorrow. 